Before we start, I wanted to let you know that I have a brand new resource I just compiled and wanted to share with you as soon as possible. This is my free special COVID-19 resources list. These are essential information for job hunters and also for working from home professionals. I've put together a list of resources to help you think through how to plan your next career steps, the impact that COVID-19 will have on your profession, your sector, your industry. And I believe it is essential for job hunters and professionals in the corporate, public and nonprofit sectors who are feeling challenged by the disruption and uncertainty caused by COVID-19 to keep a finger on the pulse on how the economy is adjusting, recovering and adapting to a new world of work. To access this resource, all you need to do is go to renatabernardi.com forward slash covid Dash 19 Renata Bernardi.com forward slash COVID 19. If you're not familiar with my website yet, that's okay. Just go to the episode show notes and there will be a link there very clearly at the top of the show notes ready for you to click and access the resources. Okay, so this link will also be everywhere on the podcast blog, on my website, on YouTube on my Twitter bio, on my Instagram bio, on my Facebook page. So if you have any trouble finding it, DM me and I will let you know where it is. You know what? The best way would be for you to subscribe to my newsletter, because if you do so, uh, you wouldn't have to go through any of this trouble because I would have already sent it to you. So consider doing that and to subscribe to my weekly newsletter. All you need to do is go to Renata Bernardi forward slash join. And the link for that is also in the episode show notes. But it's the women in their early 40s going onwards. There isn't much recognition of the symptoms, much awareness and how to deal with it. And a lot of them now are giving up their work in their late 40s because they're finding they can't cope with the demands of the work, home life, and something has to compromise. And so a lot of them get early retirement. Some get unfortunately made redundant. A lot of them will not go for that job. Yeah. And primarily is, is to do with not just the disturbance in their menstruation. There's a huge disturbance in their mental health, IT, depression, mood, cognitive function, decision-making. So I can treat and manage them because of this multidisciplinary team we had. Because the problem is the average GP, it's beyond their scope to manage these women and so women then end up googling seeing naturopaths seeing different people spending hundreds of dollars on lots of supplements and they still don't feel good hi i'm renata bernardi the host of the job hunting podcast i'm a virtual career coach job hunting expert and career strategist. I teach professionals in the corporate, nonprofit and public sectors the steps and frameworks to help them find great jobs, change and advance their careers with confidence and less stress. 
If you are an ambitious professional who is ready to find your next job and build a solid career plan, or if you want to keep a finger on the pulse of the job market so that you are always ready when an opportunity arises, you are in the right place. I created the Job Hunting Podcast to help you nail your next job and have the career that you want. If you're currently on the market looking for a new job, or if you want tips on how to advance or change careers, make sure that you go to my website where you will find not only the podcast audios, but sometimes also videos of the podcast interviews, blogs, recordings of my live career coaching sessions, free resources to help you prepare for your career plans and move forward with your job hunting with confidence and less stress. Check out also my services and online programs. And remember that investing in your career is not only important, it has become absolutely necessary as we all adjust to a new world of work post-COVID-19 and we need to reset our career plans. There are challenges ahead, but you know what? There are also plenty of opportunities that we need to uncover. So when you're visiting my website or checking the episode show notes, don't forget to subscribe to Reset Your Career Community and I will be sending you new episodes every week and keep you up to date and accountable to follow your career plans and your career dreams. You can also find this podcast on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify and Google Podcasts. To the men who are listening to the podcast, well done you. I am delighted that despite the title, you are sticking around. This interview will be invaluable if you have a wife, daughter, mother, sister, best friend or work colleague. It will help you understand and support the women in your life. I'm sending you a virtual hug and a high five. This is part one of a two-part interview with Dr. Fatima Khan, a highly skilled menopause specialist with a holistic approach to women's physical, emotional and mental well-being. Fatima is passionate about women's health. She completed a diploma at the Royal College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists in the UK. She has an advanced menopause certification accredited from the British Menopausal Society and Faculty of Reproductive and Sexual Health. Her specializations were achieved after her extensive training as a doctor at King's College London, which is well recognized as a referral center for menopausal women with complex medical problems. But that's not all. Fatima has also undertaken further training in the US on optimizing hormonal health for anti-aging and longevity. She has recently moved to Australia and is now a member of the Agora Medical Specialist Centre and Medical Education Team, based here in Melbourne, where I'm also based. There at Agora, she sees patients and teaches GPs and registers on a range of women's issues. At the time this episode goes live, as we are all in lockdown mode due to the COVID-19, the Australian government has enabled doctors 
doctors to see patients remotely via telehealth. This is covered by Medicare, by the way. I myself did that yesterday. I had my regular specialist appointment via telehealth and it went really smoothly. So this is a great opportunity if you're based in Australia and would like to consult with Fatima to book an appointment with her. I will link the contact details for Fatima and the Agora Medical Clinic in the episode show notes because Agora has a strong focus on women, including obstetrics, gynecology, fertility and cosmetic medicine. So it it is now like when we booked this interview, this wasn't possible, (laughs) but now it is. So if you are all the way in the Northern Territory or Tasmania or WA and you want to see Fatima, I believe you can. After quite a few weeks of podcasts focusing squarely on COVID-19, this episode may sound very different until I noticed an interesting trend. You see, I follow several private female blogs and private Facebook groups. And over the past few weeks, the anxiety over COVID-19 and its economic, social and health impact started unfolding. And so did many very common issues women face. Things like breakouts, hormonal imbalances, hot flushes, waking up at 3am. Some of the tweets from women asking who else is waking up at 3am had hundreds and hundreds of comments. I really like how Fatima addressed the hormonal as well as the stress levels that we currently have in our day-to-day lives. She touches on both, weaves them together, as well as addresses them separately, which for me was really educational. Like many women, as I aged, I felt more anxious and fatigued, perhaps due to the many things that I worry about and things that I have to do. I experienced lack of concentration, sleeplessness, mild bouts of depression every now and then, perhaps to the many roles in life that I've had to juggle from being a mother, a leader in the workplace, a wife, and all the responsibilities that come with that. In hindsight, I am 100% sure that my hormones have had, at times, helped me pull through and at times also got in the way and really negatively impacted my career possibly since my late 30s. All the topics that Fatima will describe in her interview, I can mark a tick next to all of them. Things like forgetfulness, extreme headaches, weight gain, mood swings. Fatima's biggest concern and goal is to support ambitious corporate women to continue to pursue their careers and not feel like they need to give up on anything because they can't control their perimenopausal symptoms or any hormonal fluctuations that they may be experiencing. Her goal is to treat and empower women so that they can fully embrace their careers. So without further ado, let's now listen to part one of my interview with Dr. Fatima Khan. So let's start from the beginning for you. What led you to have a career that you have today? Okay, so it's it's a long story, as I'm sure you're familiar with. That's okay, <laughs> we like stories here. <laughs> in a nutshell, I've done my training in London, UK at Imperial College, and I graduated and did a 
range of surgical, medical rotations and doing obstetrics and gynecology. That was my true love. But then I actually went on to go and do general practice where I saw 80% of my patients were women. And out of those 80%, I think another 80% were related to menstrual cycle, menstrual pain, direct and indirect mental health related to their menstruation, the impact on their relationship, work life, home life. And so this impacts not just women going through the menopause. I mean, you start seeing it from puberty, in their 20s, in their 30s, in their 40s and 50s. So our hormones, fertility periods, this is something we are faced with and challenged with since since puberty all the way till in your mid-50s to you end your menstruation. And the so I for me it was I found that there was a lot of help for people doing the, the premenstrual syndromes and a general fertility and ovulation. There's a lot of help on the internet, there's lots of apps. But it's the women in their early 40s going onwards. There isn't much recognition of the symptoms, much awareness and how to deal with it. And the focus really is in the UK now. There's a big movement towards these women are highly experienced, very dynamic, and they need to stay in the workforce into their 60s. And a lot of them now are giving up their work in their late 40s because they're finding they can't cope they can't cope with the demands of the work home life and something has to compromise and so a lot of them get early retirement some get unfortunately made redundant and a lot of them will not go for that job a lot of them will come to me at 48 they will be given this job just below below the executive level and then they will step down they wouldn't take up because they can't cope and primarily is it's to do with not just the disturbance in their menstruation. There's a huge disturbance in their mental health. Yes. Anxiety, depression, mood, cognitive function, focus, concentration, memory, decision-making. So I found that I wasn't able to help them because there was a lot of misinformation about how to manage them, what whether to give them HRT, what should we do. So in the UK, they've got a the British Menopause Society with the Faculty of Reproductive Sexual Health Society, they've got a, uh, it's almost like a certification and diploma where you sit in every week and you do a menopause clinic in which you would see the perimenopause, premenstrual syndrome. So you see kind of all the hormone related disorders, but you essentially sit in for an advanced certificate, which is what I have for a year and you sit in every week And you see these women who've got complex backgrounds and how you manage them essentially with a gynecologist. So I would have an independent clinic and I've seen, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of women. And these got complex needs. So these women aren't just your stroke. They've got strokes. They've got heart disease. They've got family history of breast cancer, family history of endometriosis, heart disease, all the things that the average doctor can't treat. I can treat and manage them because of this multidisciplinary team we had with an obstetrician, a gynecologist, a hematologist, so and breast cancer specialist. So mm-hmm. the training that they give you, and at the end you get a certification in advanced menopause management, which allows me to set up a clinic and also accept referrals and manage these patients. Because the problem is 
the average GP, it's beyond their scope to manage these women. And so women then end up Googling, seeing naturopaths, seeing different people, spending hundreds of dollars on lots of supplements, and they still don't feel good. Yes. I want to ask you a couple of things. As you know, I'm a career coach, Fatima, and I see a lot of clients, female clients, and they come to me in their early, mid-30s, all the way to their uh, mid-50s. And and in especially in their mid 30s i have been getting clients and prospect clients that say i have changed and my my leadership style have changed or my confidence levels have changed and i don't know why something has is happening to me i also have friends and clients in their 40s who are saying that they are getting they feel depressed I'm not, wouldn't say that it's clinical. I just say that, you know, they feel like they're not themselves anymore. That they don't mm-hmm. feel as confident and they feel depressed. Do you think that we have all these issues that are going undiagnosed and that we're kind of putting a lot of uh, sort of weight in ourselves, in our self-development when we should be seeing people to help us with those things? Yes. So essentially, if you go back to the basics again, and why do the changes start mid-30s is a common time to see it. Because Mm. mid-30s is when everyone knows is when your fertility goes down. Mm. And so what tends to happen in your menstrual cycle, which is 30 days, mid-cycle you release the egg, and the 10 days or two weeks before you have your period, you would have something called progesterone, which is a hormone that gets released. Now, progesterone is your fertility hormone, but it's also your calming hormone. So what tends to happen is mid-30 onwards, that hormone starts to decline in its level. So women tend to experience a lot more anxiety-related symptoms. They might get emotional, they might get teary, they might get angry, might lash out. And what I get them to do is, but they know they're not depressed because they're not like this all the time. You know, they do have good days. Because the true definition of depression is, is low mood for six weeks. Right. And so waking up every day with low mood, changes in your appetite, changes in your sleep, but it has to be a symptom that's there majority of the time in the last six weeks. That's a screening question we ask for depression. If you ask 10 women who are experiencing these changes, a lot of them would say these are not consistent symptoms. Mm-hmm. So giving them an antidepressant is not the solution. What the solution is, I get them all to write a journal in which what they need to do is write their thoughts, their feelings, what they're grateful for that day, what are the wins of the day, what would they like to improve in terms of self-development and then set their intentions for next day. But in relation to their menstrual cycle, So they do it in relation to, because with interestingly enough, when you get women to do this, when they're having their periods and the first two weeks of their cycle, they're actually really good. And then when you look at these diaries, 10 days before their periods is when these thoughts and feelings and the the dark cloud hanging over you starts. Mm. But you can only realize that when you track it. And so I normally get them to not just do journaling. I want them to do a journal and then you see the shifts and then the women themselves become empowered. Actually, this is not in my head. There is a physiological change that happens in my body seven to 10 days before my period. 
And the problem these days is people have the same routine every single day. That's great if you're a guy because you've got testosterone levels which are completely straight. But for a woman, you have to change. You have to listen to your body seven to 10 days before and alter what you're eating. It's not uncommon to crave a lot more comfort food and to allow yourself to eat a bit more because your body is actually think preparing for possible pregnancy because you've ovulated and you kind of go into this kind of a mode of probably slight, not paranoia is a strong word, but you might be cautious of making decisions. And we know that if you have a major decision to make in life or at work, your decision that you would make seven days prior to your period and after your period would be very different. And if you speak to these women, they'd be like, I was so rational. And then they'll have their bleed. And then after seven, eight days, they'd be like, oh, I don't know what I was thinking. That wasn't me. That's not like me. Fatima, so, I get that all the time. Yes. Clients, clients, female clients that come to me and say exactly that. You know, I don't know why I said what I said or I, I did what I did. I look back and I cringe. And it's that volatility in, I'm, I'm assuming, your hormone levels, right? Yes. That is making people have come ebbs and flows of hormones yes. affecting their ability to perform as a leader in the corporate sector. And as time goes by, their confidence in their leadership skills diminishes because they don't know how they're going to react the next day, you know? The, exactly. Yeah, okay. And so what happens is this is just the beginning and most women can compensate. But what happens is when you get to your early 40s, mid 40s, your estrogen starts to go down as well, not just the progesterone. So it starts with PMS, which is premenstrual syndrome, which is symptoms that occur 7 to 10 days before your period. And that you can kind of get in your 20s as well. They become more pronounced mid 30s when you're trying to manage home life, relationships, children running around. And that progesterone beforehand, sometimes an imbalance. So some women might get lots of breast tenderness and migraines and get heavy period. That's not enough progesterone. And they'll suffer a lot with anxiety mm. and irritability. And then the minute the period happens, they'll feel a lot more relieved. When we're going into your late 30s, early 40s, all of these get exaggerated. But what happens is the lack of estrogen. And if you're looking at women in leadership roles, a lot of them are getting to the peak of their career in mid 40s when they've got the three kids at home, they're rushing around, but then their estrogen starts to decline. So their period might become shorter, longer. They might have three days instead of four days or five mm -hmm. days. And the thing is, they're so busy because we don't track our periods. And this is when I get them to do a diary. A lot of them do journaling, but they don't journal with their menstrual cycle. And we have to accept that that is our main difference between the men and us and accept it and accept that vulnerability. But once you acknowledge it, you can do something about it and feel more empowered about it. Because then you say, you know what, this is seven days before my cycle. I'm going to keep my schedule slightly lighter. I'm not going to do that crazy 30 minute high intensity workout, which is going to wear me out. I'm going to do something like yoga, something okay. more calming. Um, I might do more breathing exercises. I might be not overcommit. So I get really exhausted and then I go home and lash out on my kids and my partner and then feel guilty about it because mm -hmm. we suffer with lots of guilt because we want to perform at work and then having one coffee after another coffee just to get through the day. And then the excessive caffeine feeds into our stress 
and our ability to get more overwhelmed. Then it interferes with our sugar levels. So then we want to crave the sweet more. So the hormones, menstrual hormone, don't just stop at our period. They interact with cortisol, which is our stress hormone. And they interact with insulin, which is a hormone of to digest the food, but also it dictates our appetite. Mm. so progesterone might be low 10 days before your periods but it interacts with insulin which is your appetite it interacts with cortisol which is your kind of your stress hormone which indirectly and directly interacts with melatonin which is a sleep hormone Mm -hmm. so now you can see why it's really important to pay attention to where you are in your menstrual cycle to address your mind body and heart and your soul Yes. When we were on the phone getting ready for this interview, we discussed the lack of sleep for women from Generation X that has been documented, researched. There are lots of books about it. Lots of people write about it. And I have always uh, spoken about it publicly and with my clients about the clash of the social structures between family life and schools, for example, going from in Australia, nine to three and work going from 8.30 to five and all of that and how that impacts a woman's life, a family's life, not just Mm. women, but, but we feel that for now we can say mostly women are impacted by, by this mostly. That's how I feel with my clients. You know, they, they have this, uh, the, the weight on their shoulders to be the one that is, if not the one that picks up the kids, the one that is the organizer of the family affairs. Mm. Even if it's the husband who is actually going to do the chores, the women feel like they have to be the administrators of that. And just by overthinking all of those tasks and chores both at work and at home leads to them have feeling like they they have trouble sleeping at home at night and 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 you know it's one of the biggest problems that i have found with my my friends and also my clients mm. what does what do you say to your patients when you see them do they come to you with problems like lack of sleep So, I mean, everyone is suffering from sleep problems. So I don't think it's just, as you said, it affects people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 40 plus, it will be due to a decline in the estrogen and progesterone. So a lot of them might get disturbed with feeling hot at night, temperature change and hot flushes. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest reason for their lack of sleep. And with Mm -hmm. that, we fix it by giving them the correct hormones to replace the deficiency. However, that's not just to do with the hormone decline. Majority of people suffer from sleep disturbance because we don't have a good sleep hygiene. So the average person will have dinner and then go straight on to putting on television or watching something on their screen or watching their favorite Netflix show, which is Mm -hmm. great because physically you might feel you're relaxed on the couch. But mentally, that is stimulating your cortisol. So when you watch something on a screen, it's got blue light in it, and that will stimulate your cortisol. So at some site, your 
cortisol level is meant to go down, which is your stress hormone. It's the hormone that makes you get out of bed, wake up and do the things that we do during the day. And then in the evening after sunset, you'll get an increase in melatonin, which is your sleep hormone. That's the reason why we sleep at night and wake up during the day. It's because of these hormones that play a role. But what happens is because we're all watching screens or watching some form of stimulant programming, we are the, the cortisol is the overriding hormone that will take over melatonin. So we're going into bed where cortisol is at its peak. And so we can't sleep because physically we're exhausted, but we're wired but tired. So mentally, we are still awake where we are kind of rehearsing all the day's events, we're rehearsing all the things we've seen in the show. So your brain's just not ready to switch off. So people would sleep and wake up the next day and say, I felt like I didn't sleep at all. Yes. Because their mind hasn't switched off. So the way we deal with that, and I give this to everyone, is to have a sleep hygiene from 9 p.m. onwards, at least 90 minutes before bedtime. You have no blue light of any source. So no screens, TV, Instagram, telephones, iPads, um, all, all technology switched off. And that 90 minute is really to do something to send your body the message that I'm ready to wind down. In this modern world, we have so much stimulus, we don't realize Screens and, and noise and the surroundings we have all stimulate our body and send messages to stay awake or where to sleep. So I normally get them to no screens, put some relaxing music on. The auditory signaling tells your body it's, it's something, it's time to kind of wind down, calm down, put a nice aromatherapy candle on. So that's a sensory input, which again relaxes your muscles and your mind and then read do something that's relaxing so either read a book spend that time connecting to your partner try and do your journaling i find that's a really effective time to reflect on your day's um, events just a bit of gratitude reflection on what you did well that day what you can improve and just set your intentions for the next day yeah. and it's just kind of recalibrating back to yourself and just balancing out this kind of high hormones and we're kind of running on this, just run, 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 rush, 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 and just bringing it back to kind of ramping it down to getting you ready for bed. And most people find this quite beneficial. You need to also add in a bit of meditation or some breathing exercise or some stretches or something for 15, 20 minutes that will, or mindfulness or something that will really get you ready for bed. And I practice this every day religiously. Okay, maybe not if there's a big party or we're going out or entertaining on the weekends, but five out of seven days, I'm sleeping by 10.30 and I'm strictly after 9 p.m. I follow this. And sleep is really important. So yes. and I think it has an impact on everything you do because if you sleep well, your next day will be great. Yes. Yeah, no, you can definitely manage your hormonal fluctuations better as well if you had a yeah. good night's sleep the night before. Now, Fatima, let's go back to the life of a corporate executive, female corporate executive in her 40s, who is keen to continue to advance her career, is probably now having more time than ever before with the kids a bit more grown up and a little bit more opportunity to advance in her career, but now finding herself juggling hormonal changes and perimenopause symptoms 
what would you recommend a woman like that should do to make sure that she continues to progress in her career? So the early 40s, I would probably say is the most challenging time because not only they've got young kids, they've also at a point in their career where they need to perform. So they need to be full-time executive, full-time mummy. And then on top of that, in terms of their hormones, they can start fluctuating, but they're not necessarily ready to have any hormone replacement. Mm. So it's the lifestyle. This is very important. The first thing I say to them is, in this case, it's what they're eating is very important. So when we're tired, we tend to, we might eat a lot more, maybe fast food or make more carbohydrate dense food, which are energy rich, but nutrient poor. Mm. So uh, lots of processed foods will just end up making you get more sugar slumps and also give you fatigue and the brain fog. So the diet's really important. So lots of green vegetables are really important. Replacing the caffeine with green tea, cutting down to one cup of caffeine a day if they can. So those little things help. Keeping small snacks so they don't have big sugar slumps. Because what's happening is you're just rushing from one place to another to one place. And keeping your energy levels really important, but through nutrient-rich food, not energy-dense food with processed foods. Mm -hmm. The second thing is I always prescribe them some supplements because I find they help you. So magnesium in a powdered form is fantastic because not only is a muscle relaxant, but it also calms you down, reduces your blood pressure, makes you feel a lot more relaxed. So that's fantastic. You can get some really good ones now that mix the magnesium with a B complex. Mm -hmm. And B complex and your B vitamins are really important to manage fatigue. Because B vitamins are really important in something what we call mitochondria, which is the energy hub of our body. So it's essentially the engine of a car. So when the engine is running running out of gas or oil, you'll find it's not going to be as effective. You can go in fifth gear. It doesn't matter if the engine's not keeping up. You just can't run as fast or drive as fast. Same thing in our body. We need to nourish our mitochondria, which is our energy hub. And to nourish them is essentially B vitamins is really important. And sleep. Mm. Sleep is essential. Because when we go to sleep, we need at least 90, it's a 90-minute cycle. And we need about four of those cycles. So if you go to bed at 10.30, you should be waking up at 6 a.m. And when we sleep, that's when our body cells generate because it's not trying to keep you safe to make sure you don't you know walk onto the street and or or burn your hand when you're cooking so that's the time when you're sleeping the body's like okay i'm going to go around and i'm going to recharge your cells and mop up any things that's going out of order and so we know when we optimize mitochondrial function we improve we improve energy levels but we also prevent against disease Okay. So there's a lot of shift towards sleep, optimizing mitochondrial function with B vitamins and eating the right foods. Okay. That's early 40s. Early 40s. Okay. The other things I add to the early 40s in particular is their periods tend to become a bit heavier, but they're just put up with it. Yeah. And when you become, and that's just a sign again of your progesterone declining which means you will have more anxiety. You will lash out more at your kids and your partner. You're just exhausted. And so by the time you get home, you just don't necessarily have the same reserve 
that you would have normally had. Mm. So two things I need to do managing that. There are a few herbs that they can take, like Vitex is one of the herbs um, that you can get, which helps produce more progesterone and it helps with the bleeding, but more particularly just balance the progesterone in your mood. And they all should also be taking an iron supplement because when you have heavy bleeding, they tend to become, they might not be anemic, but their ferritin level, which is the iron level drops. And so it might be in a normal range, but the lower range still makes them quite fatigued and exhausted. So I get them to have iron to give yeah. them the energy and get them to make sure they're taking herbs as well. So in the perimenopause, essentially B vitamins, magnesiums, herbs, and also fish oil. Fish oil is fantastic, like an omega-3. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic to balance our hormones because our hormones are made out of steroids. It also helps with brain function and joints and other anti-inflammatory processes. So those are kind of my herbs and supplements. I give them in sleep, iron supplements on top. But I also get them seven to 10 days before their period to really cut out any excessive exercise. Because you'll find that exercise is a form of stress. So when I go for a run on the tan or on a jogging track, you're getting a stress response. Cortisol is released. But when you're already burnt out from all the Mm -hmm. things you're going through in life, that reserve, you if you go out for that run, you've taken all that reserve. So by the time you want that bit of coping mechanism at home, you don't have that energy. So I'm finding that already you're burnt out and then you're going and running every single day, it's not helping your stress levels. So you need to do what I call fine. I know some people love their running great, but at least seven to 10 days before their period, I actually tell them you are not allowed to go running. They don't thank me for that, but they need to really be strict and not do anything that pushes them up and gets them really overwhelmed because we already know you're going to have disturbance in your mood with the lack of progesterone and heavy periods. So you need to do daily um, 30 minutes, either yoga, change it to reformer platters, great way to tone your body, turn your pelvic floor. They can do 15, 20 minute HIIT workouts, that's fine, Mm -hmm. because they tend to be more repetitive exercises, but just long distance running can be exhausting for your body. Interesting you mentioned that, because I was talking to a friend this week and she said, Every time I try to do heavy gym work, I get sick. (laughs) So they start getting nauseous. You find that they might get nauseous or they might get headaches. No, she she said she physically gets unwell. Like she she mm. will get a cold. I think her probably yeah. she probably tries too hard during that period, the menstrual period that you said you you know yes. before the the uh, the period seven to ten days. I'll let make sure that she watches and she listens to the pod, the podcast and and understands a little bit better how to manage her exercise routine. Now, Fatima, what about women in their late 40s? Usually women in their late 40s, if they're in the corporate sector, they might have a leadership role. They might, you know, be, you know, fully employed or working as consultants. Some of them might be moving into board positions, how, how making, which means making important decisions that affect not only their careers, but others, right? Managing large projects. What would you recommend to them? in addition to what you just said or some changes to what you just said? So this is the main cohort of women that I see now. And it's mm. because not I'm a feminist, but 
the amount of women I see in their late 40s who end up giving up their careers is astonishing. It's a taboo that we don't talk about because we think it's a sign of weakness and it's not openly spoken about because it's because of all the stigma attached to it. Mm-hmm. So I get two cohorts of women. I get the one cohort of women take, for example, could be a barrister and say, hang on, I'm forgetting my lines and I can't afford to do this because I need to perform. They're very aware, very pragmatic. They'll go see someone like me. I'll give them their hormones and address all the other issues to balance them and they'll continue performing and working. Then you'll see the other cohort of women who aren't necessarily as aware of the symptoms. They don't recognize the symptoms. That's what's happening. So they'll fall a victim to this impression that they are not performing well. Yes. And that's the problem because what tends to happen is 45, uh, age 45 onwards, you might not get your hot flushes. You might get regular periods, but what you're going to start noticing is changes in your mood, uh, depression, anxiety, and cognitive function. So difficulty making decision, focus, concentration, self-doubt. And those women will go and see their GP and 50% of perimenopause women get put on antidepressants. Mm. So you're already starting off on a wrong foot because the real fundamental problem is it's the, it's the decline in hormones, but they're not fluctuating yet. And because the estrogen is still there to give you your periods and not to give you hot flushes, but you're still getting all the other symptoms and mood and cognitive function. No one puts two and two together and says, hang on, this is perimenopause. So they get labeled as depressed or anxiety or adjustment disorder. They start having relationship issues. So they blame the relationship they're going through. They have demanding roles as a mother. So they'll sort of, you know, blame that. So this yeah. is the fundamental 70% of women fall into this trap. And then what happens is you get into 48, 49 when they could have that CEO job or top executive, but they will step down. They will come and say to me, I'm deciding to go part time Mm. because I cannot cope until they get given HRT and they go back to feeling like they were in their 30s. But Mm. I would say if I see 10 women in a clinic, only about three or four would seek help at the right age. Because there is no awareness. We've accepted at 45 to feel essentially crap. Mm. And at 50, we accepted that we feel old. So we're not going to moan about it. We're not going to whinge about it. And so when I get women coming and seeing me, I'm like, oh, I've just got hot flushes and that's it. And I ask them 15 other questions, which is, do you have joint aches? Do you have headaches? Are you forgetful? Are you feeling lack of confidence? And I, they're like, oh, yeah, that's just age. I'm like, well, no, you're only 51. You're not supposed to be getting these. So then they put two and two together because the message is still in perimenopause is still hot flushes and regular periods. But if you go onto any um, information site, and we have information on our website as well, there's about 15 questions I ask them, and they all look at me shocked thinking, hang on, is this part of menopause? Is this part of my hormone change? And then when when we help them, these women can go until I've got women in their 80s who are much sharper than me <laughs> in certain things because they, they feel like 
they can function cognitively and emotionally and physically they're balanced yeah that's that's really amazing I hope you enjoyed this first half of the interview. Now in part two, we are going to look at actions. What can you actually do to improve your well-being? Step-by-step tips and advice from Fatima for women of all ages. So don't forget, if you're listening on your favorite podcast app, subscribe and follow this podcast, the Job Hunting Podcast, or search for part two if you're what if you're listening to this many months from now or subscribe to reset your career community and i will send you part two next week for sure on the episode show notes stella who is our podcast manager has prepared a list of the key takeaways from fatima as well as a transcript in case you want to save it print it read it or share with your mother and your sister. Ciao for now, stay safe and healthy, stay indoors and in isolation and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Bye!